Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal this hour is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So let's get started. Everybody and welcome to my show. This is Misha, and you are listening to the Misha Rouser Show. Again, this show is everything you need to know about leadership and professional development, how to be better at what you do around your career. And again, remember that this is your opportunity also, that if you are having any issues at, in your workplace or at work or with coworkers or bosses, so forth, this is the place where you can go to get your answers. And, you know, how many opportunities do you have to be able to talk to an organizational psychologist about what is going on and to get some advice? Benny, you look so funny. I actually just had a thought. Like, it could be <laughs> you like. You can tell when Benny gets these thoughts. He has this look on his face. It's one of those moments that kind of pops in. Imagine, like, in the boardroom right now and you're having a discussion and they can't figure something out. And they have to call us in the middle of their boardroom boardroom like meeting yes that would be intense that would I'd be love, awesome i'd love to have that that would be great all right we're putting it out there. okay yeah I, I, and we will jump in and facilitate as best as we can the issue that is going on in the moment i'll give you that rain i'll just kind of <laughs> hang back and just be making sure no one goes off on the air <laughs> there you go perfect so seriously this is a wonderful opportunity for you to call in get some time get your questions answered if you are not comfortable calling in to the live show, then you can always send in your questions just by visiting my website. So, again, my website is MishaRouser.com, and you spell that M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R, and go to the radio tab. On that tab, you can either one-click to listen to the show live. If you are not in the Seattle area, you can stream the radio show live. You can also click to listen to past radio shows and subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or Stitchers or one of those. And then there's one more button that um, you can click then to submit a question. And so please take advantage of that. That's one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is to be a resource to all of you out there who maybe just need a quick, you know, somebody quick to say, hey, here's a situation that I'm running into. I need some advice or this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? I want to be that resource for you. So again, that's MishaRouser.com. And so today, that's what we are going to be doing, though, is today I've devoted, um, we're going to take some questions from, that I have received on my website, and I'm going to go through those. Um, so before I do that, though, I was just thinking logistics. Uh, number, I think, is the, probably the logistic I left out. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to join us, 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, or 888-298-5569. Toll free in Western Washington and pretty much uh, everywhere else. I mean, if you got free long distance on your cell phones, which if you don't have that now, then, well, maybe you're under a rock still. But we'd love to have you. And uh, you are welcome to, I guess, uh, protect uh, the innocent. That's what we like to do here. And change your name if you wish. Of course, we want to be, uh, you know, safe. Yeah. So if you have a question okay. and you don't want to be, you know, out there in public, we totally get it. 
So come on in. We'd love to have you. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Vinny. Okay, so what the first question that we are going to tackle is I received this question from you know on my emails and or via my website and it says I have a coworker who is just so irritating. Unfortunately, don't we all usually have that once in a while? Everything I do, she seems to have a problem with when really she is the one who doesn't understand what is going on or is needed. I try to be patient with her, but I find that difficult to do. I feel like we are constantly butting heads. How do I fix this situation? Thank you, Jane. Okay, so for all of you out there who can probably relate to this in one way or the other, I call this one the butting heads one. Yeah, Benny's probably never been there. Like, no, I get along with everybody. That's right. 100%. (laughs) It's not true. 99%. (laughs) Well, it's one of those things with the butting heads. I I find it's a number of things. But one of them is sometimes we just have somebody that our personalities clash and we can't really figure it out, but they just irritate Mm us. um, This would be after we find out or know them. Because in the beginning, beginning, I'm like, you're my friend. Yeah. 100% every time. But yeah. then you start to get to know them. You're like, hmm. It starts going down that path of maybe we're not meshing. Yeah. And for some reason, they just irritate you. Mm. And it doesn't happen very often, but it's because for, rare. you know, so for myself, I'm a really easy go lucky person. I, I mean, I really get along with everybody. I just, I find everybody interesting and unique. And with that being said, is I have um, some rental properties, and one of the um, tenants that came in was um, in the beginning all worked great, but we just found over time, man, we would just butt heads, and I and it, for some reason there was something about it that just it just I don't want to say irritated me, but just got my feathers ruffled, <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. And again, I'm an organizational you know psychologist. I, I that's I study human behavior. So I had to stop and figure out what in the world, why is it that I'm being my buttons being pushed so easily by this person? And after thinking through it, I realized it's because she is totally me when I was younger. Uh-huh. So she's me. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the personality. Uh-huh. Um, did that change anything? No. I mean, but it helped me to understand it's not really her. It's just my reaction to her because she's so similar to me. In the sense that we were butting heads then, that we kept trying to, like when we're negotiating things, doing them in the same way, wanting the same things, and we just weren't getting anywhere. Okay, in that case, and if you run into something like that, I find when it's just a personality thing, it's usually one, it's somebody who's really similar to you, um, or it's the opposite of you. Personally, I find it's more of somebody similar to you. So I have another situation of um, another client who called and was really frustrated at work and frustrated with her manager because feeling she wasn't getting anywhere and that he just was stifling her and so forth. And very similar again to this question here where she just felt like everything that he's doing is just so irritating. Where What we started to discover was that the two of them were very similar. Hmm. And what was different is they had the same goals and they wanted the same things. However, how they went about doing them, though, were totally opposite. And that's what irritated each other, you know. And, and so it was, again, a lot of times if you can uncover that and understand, oh, it's just that we're looking at things differently. We're very similar, but yet we're also the way we want to address it is very different. And it's talking through that then that can help. So that's one of my first things that I would, you know, think when you're 
in this situation like Jane, who is having a hard time with somebody else and finding them irritating and you guys are just butting heads, you may want to think about, is it just personalities? And if so, then just acknowledge that and then try to work through it, understanding that. All right. So that's actually kind of a harder one to deal with sometimes because it's it's hard to get over that hurdle. Like in my mm-hmm. case with my tenant, she had a, a business partner and we finally just realized we had to do everything to the business partner. And when we did that, then she kind of played the mediator, which was great. So she could filter and translate what we're really trying to say. Soften things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that is also an idea mm-hmm. is just find you know a third party, a mediator. Um, in some cases like this other a woman I was telling you about where she was butting heads with her manager, it, it just, they were, it, sometimes you just can't get beyond it. You just have so many, you just clash so much. In her case, what she, what ended up happening, she relocated into a different position. Um, so let's be honest, sometimes it's just easier to separate. It's just for whatever it is, the chemistry, the mojo, it's just not going to work. That makes it harder, too, if you're managing somebody who are button heads like that and it's just a chemistry. Then you might want to think about maybe stepping in and being that mediator. As much as many of us would like to say, you know what? No, they're grown people. They should be able to work it out. If it is just a chemistry personality thing, it's going to make your life a lot easier. Just separate them. (laughs) Just, you know, try not to have them on the same teams. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can put them on different shifts, great. Yeah, cut your losses short. Yeah. So to speak. I mean, or just get right to the point. Exactly. Okay, so that could be one aspect of what's going on. Let's say it's not. And here's the other reason I want to make sure, because I'm reading into this question that I got from Jane, and one of the things she was saying is, again, she says, everything I do seems to be, seems she has, seem, I'm sorry, let me start that again. Everything I do, she seems to have a problem with, when really she is the one who doesn't understand what is going on or what is needed. Now, Mm, there's a little bit, there's something going on there. So now I've got to, you know, if if she, if Jane was in front of me, one of the things I'd be asking her too is, hmm, okay, well, one, I would be thinking about does, nothing personal, Jane, um, but sometimes do does this person, Jane, have that same attitude with multiple people? Then if that is the situation, then I would start helping Jane start to think about her judgment and how she's... Um, Maybe, you know, how she's treating others and thinking about others and maybe adjusting that could help the situation. Does that make sense, Benny? I'm not sure if I explained that. No, I, well. I, for okay. me it does. Yeah. So I think we're okay. Okay. So if you find that this is something that is c- coming up in your life frequently, that you're butting heads with people, you may want to turn the mirror to yourself mm-hmm. and say, hmm, could it's, I be doing it's this? It's tough, though, because you obviously are not wanting to – I mean – it's hard to see your, your vision, visualize yourself doing those things because right. you're, you're automatically saying, no, that's not me. How, how could I ever do that? That's not whatever. And so maybe you're right. Maybe it does need to take a look in the mirror to figure that out. It might be just you, Ye- which is okay. W- it is okay. But a lot, and a lot of times they don't realize it, like you said. Right. And also all of you managers. Denial. <laughs> denial, 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 denial. Yeah, yeah. We're so good at that. Ah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> not me. But again, all of you managers and supervisors that are listening to this and are dealing with, you know, coworkers again who are buttonheads, that could be one of the things that you're dealing with too. Is it's just the person's nature, and how can you tactfully help them understand that maybe they are contributing and probably the biggest factor to this? 
And so helping them understand that if they can adjust their own views of other people, that might help. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more, too. So going back to, okay, so that's only if Jane, who asked the question, if we see a pattern there that she is seeing everybody as being irritating. Okay, let's assume not, though. In this case, let's also assume now that really this other person um, is the one that, that Jane is butting head with, heads with, and Jane gets along great with everybody else. Then my next thing would be is looking at the other person. Could the other person be have that personality where they just butt heads of everybody else and they have a lot of judgment of everybody else, how they're not good enough and da-da-da? And now, really, I'd be having that conversation with them about, again, turning that mirror and realizing, okay, do you realize you might be creating some of these situations? Um, so if now, in this case, Jane, if that's um, something that she was struggling with and this other person seems that that's their deal, then Jane can even very nicely, you know, come across and, uh, you know, and, um, and try to delicately point out, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm trying. Um, you know, it seems like that... I'm that you look at me the same way as you look at a lot of people here in the, in the organization where, you know, we're we're maybe not, you know, performing up to your standards and, and then to open up a conversation. Well, what would that look like to open, you know, you know, so whatever it is, this is what you guys are butting heads over. What would that look like if we were able to work peacefully towards that and we were able to collaborate towards that? So that's another way that you can just talk to the other person or you even just talking to them and tell them how you feel. It's like. Um, let's say the other person's name Sally and for Jane to even have a conversation with Sally to say, you know, Sally, I really, I do enjoy working with you, but lately I've been feeling like, uh, you know, that the, the project that we've been working on, I feel like I've a little, like you've been patronizing me or, or, um, you know, not feeling confident in my own abilities to be able to do this. And it, and it, it, and that bothers me, and I want to find out what is going on. Maybe there is something that I'm missing, and I want to talk to you about that, and I want to try to overcome that. We've, we've mentioned that before. It is difficult to remove yourself from the situation um, or having someone else act as a mediator to kind of help out, which, of course, is beneficial. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So having a conversation also with the other person can mm-hmm. be very beneficial. Let them know how you feel and, and own how you feel and say, hey, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's me. Right. What can I be doing to help? And then one more thing that I find can be really helpful in this kind of a situation, and I see this a lot too, is um, think about what you're, what you're feeling towards that person. So in other words, in this case, she's finding it irritating and she's saying that, um, that the other person seems to be finding a problem with everything that, that Jane is doing. It's to stop and say, okay, what emotion is being invoked in Jane? So um, is it, are you feeling like that sh- this other person doesn't trust you? Are you feeling like this other person doesn't feel you're competent? And a, sometimes what could be happening there then, too, is the, just the human dynamic of that other person's actually feeling the same way. A lot of times I am seeing that, and I have a lot of situations where I've dealt with on that. Um, another situation, for example, I have a client who was talking about they're in a startup, and the, the owner uh, or the, the founder is actually he's the one that's invested all the money into it, which happens with a lot of startups. And thus, even though his wife is not part of the startup, she does have, you know, she shows up and she's part, you know, she, you know, gives her opinions and things like that. And this particular woman was sharing with me that she's feeling like, you know, this, the boss's wife is just, I don't feel like she trusts me. She's constantly analyzing everything I'm doing and second guessing me. And I don't know how to handle this. Um, What's interesting, too, is then I asked her, well, do you trust the other woman? Because she had said some things kind of similar to what Jane said here. 
is where she's feeling like the other person doesn't know what's going on. And she says, well, no, I don't trust her because she doesn't know what's going on and da-da-da. Well, then I start to see this dynamic. And so, again, human dynamic mean can happen is if there's no trust, then within it's not one-sided. It's almost always two-sided. So whatever you're feeling almost always is what the other person is feeling about you, that you don't trust them. And a lot of times then the easiest way to solve that is then start to change your mentality to say, okay, why don't I trust them? And is that valid? And then how can I start trusting them? And to change your own way of looking at the situation and looking at them. And when you can start to turn that around almost always then, and it may take a little bit of time, but not long at all, but they will start then picking up that vibe and starting to look at you differently and start thinking about, okay, you're trusting me. Now they're going to naturally start trusting you back. It's a lot of reciprocity. It's mirror neurons. It's all this other stuff. But that's something else to be thinking about is are you trusting them? Whatever feeling you're feeling, maybe stop, think about that and change your opinion about them using that same feeling and see if that will help the situation. So those are some tips on what you can do when you have somebody who you're button heads with, somebody who maybe is finding, um, thinking that you're not doing what you need to be doing and vice versa. All right. So we are going to be taking a quick break here. Again, if you have any questions or want to call in, Again, we are live right now. We're live every Tuesday morning. And otherwise, you're welcome to send you my questions via email. And that's to MishaRouser.com. And you are listening to The Misha Rouser Show. And we'll be right back after this message. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. You'll learn emotional intelligence, team building, change management, and other skills for personal success, such as conflict resolution. There's a great leader inside you to be unlocked. Make the commitment to become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Show the world around you that you are ready to lead. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com to learn more. It's the Leadership Development Series. Your first step toward professional excellence begins at MishaRouser.com. Friday, the bell rings. It's the weekend. But for thousands of Seattle school children, time away from school means hunger and food uncertainty. A new nonprofit called Backpack Brigade works to ensure that the neediest of these children, those who are homeless, have nutritious and easy-to-eat meals on weekends. Each Friday, volunteers pack food into bags that get dropped off at Seattle Public Schools, where counselors who know the children best discreetly distribute the bags. To learn how you can help, please visit BackpackBrigade.org. Hi, this is Misha, host of the Misha Rouser Show, heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150. If you want to overcome obstacles in your career, become an effective leader, and increase productivity while still having fun, tune in and learn, laugh, and be challenged. I've helped thousands leap over their professional hurdles, and I can help you too. Join me for the Misha Rouser Show, Tuesdays, 9 a.m., 
That's Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150. 1150kknw.com. It's why they invented the Internet. We think Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show, and I am Misha, and thank you again for listening. So again, we are live every Tuesday morning here in the Seattle area, and we'd love to take your calls and answer any of those questions that you're having in your professional world, in your career. And also, again, remember that you can always submit your questions via my website at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. And so today, one of the things that I am doing is um, talking or answering some of the questions that I have received. And my next question, I think this one came out of, um, I had a, uh, one of my shows probably about a month ago now or more was talking about speaking your truth within the workplace. And one of the things that we talked about to be able to do that is you need to have some credibility within the workplace. And I got an email back or an email question asking, and this person says, in your previous show on Speaking Your Truth, you mentioned that if you don't have the trust and credibility within the org or organization or group, it can be more challenging to get others to listen and take you seriously. Any suggestions on how to build one's trust and credibility within the organization or team? Excellent question. And so I wanted to take a few moments and dive into that one. All right, so oh, I'm catching myself on so Vinny, this is killing me. I just gave a, a – I was at Power Engineers <laughs> last week, and we were talking about filler words and how and so is becoming one. And ums, yep. Uh, I had a, um, a college professor, and we had the theory of communications class and so forth, and you know this was one of the, the weekly topics that we had to discuss. And so during our debates or interviews or, or speeches that we had to give, he would sit in the back with a little can – with a little, like, uh, I think he used, uh, like, some beans. Oh, and every you time, hear it. Every time you would hear, like, so, and, um, clink, you would hear it every single time. <laughs> and so, of course, then you're, like, very aware that taking pauses, natural pauses, are okay. Yeah. So you don't allude to saying, you know, so, and therefore, and so, what we're doing, and um, clink, clink, yeah. clink. So don't make me start bringing that in here. <laughs> And I am catching how many times I'm saying so. Don't worry so. about it. Don't worry about it. I, but it's so hard when you're trying to pay attention to it. So. And you hear it all the time. Right. <laughs> you're doing fine. Don't worry. For all of you out there listening, thank you for being patient with my we're filler words. No, we're, we're, prof- we're professional there. We know what we're doing. <laughs> I'm going back to Toastmasters, really. Yeah, right. Okay. Let's continue on talking about how you can rebuild your credibility. A great resource, if you're looking for a resource, is um, Stephen Covey's The Speed of Trust. And by the way, Stephen, this Stephen Covey, and I can't remember the middle initial, is the son of the Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and so forth. Uh, It's confusing because he actually, the Stephen Covey, has a lot of children. I think he has eight children. And two of them, at least, are doing quite a bit of continuing his work. And one of his sons 
is doing this, the, um, the speed of trust. So ugh, it went there again. With the speed of trust, great book on how to build credibility. And he breaks it into three categories. Of One is talking about how to build character. The other is talking about how to build your competence. And then the last one is then combining the two, building character and competence. So to share with you some of the things in each of those, one is the building, building character. And by the way, before I get into this, keep in mind that research has found that trust is like a bank and you deposit like money into this trust account. And then the, for lack of a better word, let's say money. And the more money you invest into this account – then the higher your value of trust or that other perceive you as being trustworthy. And unfortunately, the withdrawals when you do something um, almost are like a three-to-one impact, if not more. And uh, to be honest, I don't remember that exact number because I think it has changed a couple times and there's a couple different debates about how impactful it is. I would say at least knowing three-to-one. So if you do something, if you, for example... If your words do not, if your actions do not match your words, each time that happens, it's pulling from that account and people are losing trust in you. They're losing, you know, your character is being compromised there. So when we go back now to character building is one of the things that Stephen Covey recommends is talk straight. Again, make sure that your actions and your words match. And we all know this. And again, I'm not telling you don't, stuff you don't already know, just reminding you. Are you doing that? Think about yourself right now, today. Have what you've done, have your actions matched your words. So that's one of them. Demonstrate respect. Again, everybody wants to be respected. When you can show others respect, then they're going to automatically want to show you respect as well. So are you being respectful to others? Are you giving them time to speak? Are you giving them time to state what they're wanting to say? Are you giving their ideas a chance Just so many different ways that we could be building respect every moment, every day. Another one is right wrongs. When you do something that you realize, I totally just stepped on that person's toes and interrupted her in this meeting, try to catch yourself and say, Joanne, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Even if she doesn't feel you interrupted her, the fact that you were respectful and conscious of that, that is building your character. There, that's building her trust and everybody else's trust that is watching that happen. They're thinking, wow, you that's really cool. Um, another one then, so competence. How to show that you are a competent person within the organization will also build your trust. And some ways to do that is, one, obviously deliver results. <laughs> Again, it's like I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but do it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, was, I, I kind of a real big fan of that one. Some people aren't. Well, t- On say the more. action or the other person, the action, right? Yeah. If you say something, you're going to do it. You kind of expect to do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's not a big deal to like if you say you're going to get back to them by the end of the day with um, the, the the document. Yeah. And if you don't have the document ready, what should you do? I would let them know. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm unable to get you that document by the end of the day. I'll, have it by, I'll hopefully have it by tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so. Courtesy. Courtesy. I think that's what we're looking for. Respect. There exactly. You go. So, again, going back to deliver results and communicate. 
if you cannot deliver on that result, if you can communicate why to the other person, that goes so far. Mm-hmm. And also watch then, if you are finding that you aren't, you are not consistently delivering results, it could be then because you are trying to be a little bit of an overachiever. You are setting yourself up and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I can get that done. And you're not realistic about the commitments you're making. Be very clear about your commitments you're making to yourself too. Can you really fulfill that? Can you do that in the time period that you have? Because it can get very clear on those. Another thing that will help build your competence in front of others is to continually try to get better. When others can see that you are constantly learning or trying and asking questions and and always trying to go above and beyond and grow as a person, that's going to build your competence with other people. Another thing that you could be thinking about is on the flip side then too is don't just assume things from other people. Always clarify your expectations. So make sure that you're telling, you know, if you're a project lead, for example, make sure everybody clearly understands what you are expecting from them. What will that look like? When are you wanting that information? Again, if you can be as clear as possible to them, that's going to also build your competence because they're going to feel like, wow, you are so on this. You have so got your act together versus just saying, yeah, I just need that by Thursday Get it to me, and you've left this person kind of like, oh, how do you want it? Do you, what kind of format do you want it in and so forth? And, and what exactly are you needing? The clearer you can be really is going to be so much more helpful for everybody else around you. Another thing that you could be thinking about there is um, to confront reality. In other words, take on tough issues head on. You, you know, when something and, – and for those of you especially who have a hard time with conflict – it's, it's, it's taking those things on, addressing them, and even if you don't know what to do in the situation, at least acknowledge it, understand that this is a situation that needs to be worked through. And so it's talking about a reality check, too. Um, so, for example, let's say somebody, you're a new project ma- manager, let's say, and you're in a meeting and, and somebody keeps talking over you. If you don't take that on, then that's going to hurt your credibility, and so, you, so you need to address that. It could be something as easy as, you know, Tom, I'm sorry. You know, I really, you interrupted me and I need, can you let me finish what I'm trying to say? It's as easy as that. It could also be, maybe if you don't want to address it in front of everybody else, as talking to Tom, maybe Tom's a good friend of yours and you, you don't want to make an issue out of it. But, you know, he's been talking over you. A lot of times he maybe didn't even realize he was, but you've got to address that. And maybe, you know, talk to Tom on the side, Tom. You know, just wanted to share with you, I felt like I, I wasn't able to get my, my ideas out in that last meeting that you were jumping in a little bit. And I would really appreciate if you could give me a little more space. And, you know, a lot of times they probably don't even realize they're doing it. So, again, you want to make sure that you're confronting reality and you're, you're, you're taking on those kind of those tough issues head on. All right. Another one then that now how do you combine both your character and competence? And, again, this comes from excuse me, this comes from the book, The Speed of Trust, is if you could become a better listener. And listening, honestly, is an art. It is not something that we are born with. In fact, we are born not to be good listeners. We are wired not to be good listeners. It is hard to do. A lot of times when we're listening, instead of really listening, we're thinking about what we want to say. We're thinking about filling in the other person's sentence because they're going way too long, and we just want okay, we 
you know, completing their sentences for them. And I'm sure that, yeah, Benny's laughing. He's like, no, I never do I was any of that. What? <laughs> do you get it? Because I'm not listening to you right now. <laughs> never mind. That was terrible. Uh, I should not so quit good. my day job. That's for sure. <laughs> but it's very, very true. You find yourself interrupting quite a bit because you know that person may be long-winded on certain things. And you're like, look, I know what you're already going to go or say and get to. Let's let's attack that. Yeah. So let's go for it. Perfect. Never happens here. Never happens. Well, again, it's human nature. So, you know, literally we are wired not to listen. And you're probably going to hear this statistic again, and I'm sure I'll share it again. But research has found, you know, we – so the human speech is roughly about four to 500 words a minute. And I'm going off the top of my head on this, and I'm not good at numbers. So, no, it's roughly around there. So four to five word – four four hundred to roughly 500 words a minute. Now, our brain processes at least at double that rate. Thus, that's why it's so hard to listen. Because while we're waiting for them to speak at what seems like this excruciably slow speed, our brain is processing, is already starting to fill in, okay, um, we're filling other stuff in. What's gonna, what are we having for dinner? How can I get rid of this person? I'm filling in their sentences <laughs> right? for them. So see, we're wired against that. In fact, those of you who are listening to this podcast, if you haven't discovered that you can listen to it at double time, it's amazing that at first when you dub, put it on double time, it takes a, less than a minute, but it takes about a minute for your brain to get used to it. Then you can totally understand everything they're saying at double the time because your brain functions that quickly. FYI, just in case you didn't Wow. Know. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Gonna, so I'm to try that. Yeah. You haven't been doing that. Oh, my God. You can get through podcasts in half the time. Awesome. I get it now. Okay, going back to this. And I don't sound like a chipmunk or anything? No. Well, okay, you do fine. a little bit. Okay, Actually, you, I listen to you double time. You, you oh, don't sound man, too bad. great. This is, this is fantastic <laughs> already. I'm already making a note to go do that. <laughs> All right. So going back to listening. Just know listening is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Keep When you find your mind going, keep listening. Keep coming back to them. In fact, a great tip is to use reflective listening. <clears throat> So when you're using reflective listening, you're having to listen to what they're saying so you know what you want to say. And reflective listening is clarifying what they just said. So unless you give them the opportunity to finish saying what they're wanting to say, and unless you're listening and kind of reading between the lines too, you're not going to re- be able to repeat back well. You know, so what I'm hearing you saying is you're concerned with da-da-da-da-da, or you're really bothered by, or you really want this. That can help tremendously. And also then when you do reflective listening, they feel heard. Which goes back now to building your character, your competence is going to build your trust. Um, make sure, again, when we're talking about building character and competence, keep your commitments. We've talked about that. If you say you're going to do something, do it. And then this other one, then, is also extend trust. If you're going to want other people to trust you, if you're going to want other people to respect you, if you're going to want other people to take the time to listen to you, it all starts by you doing that for them. We can, we all know this. So if you want other people to trust you, you have got to trust them. Put yourself out there too. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's hard. I mean, some of you are saying, yeah, 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 I do that. Okay, let's be realistic. We don't all do that. We all have somebody that maybe works with us or somebody that we're relying on to be, you know, that our job is dependent on them doing something. And we may not even have managerial control over them. And it's so frustrating that, we're having to depend on them. And if as soon as something falls apart there, we're going to automatically, it's human nature, default to, oh, my gosh, that person doesn't know what they're doing. And they're going to make me look bad. And then we start to lose trust for that other person. Again, it's just human nature. This is what we do. 
you got to counter that human nature. Okay, we need to make sure and always be extending trust to other people. Um, when you do that, it's huge. It really is. It, it's amazing how it changes the relationship. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, too. Okay, so those are some ideas. Oh, two more things I want to tap into that also can help you build trust and credibility that also came from additional research, um, psychological research. One is smile. When you're talking to another person, especially if you don't know that person really well, but it is shown and proven that you can establish trust by smiling, which makes sense, but they actually now have proven. When you smile, other people will naturally trust you. I would accept that only because if there's a little experiment you can do just on the street walking by. You smile yeah. at someone, whether they do or not, take that information and then walk like five more paces and then turn around and see what they do. Yeah. I've done it. And if you smile at someone, you're like, okay, fine. But then you turn around and they look back, they'll probably smile back. Percentages are pretty good. Almost always. Think about when you're in like the grocery line. Yeah. And if they're having a really difficult customer <clears> before <throat> you, what you do next is going to dictate how they are to you. Don't assume they're going to be you know, cranky at you. You show up and just smile at them, uh, immediately they're going to smile back. And to be like, oh, okay, I, I'm, I don't have to go there now. I can yeah, go on the happy side. don't bring the negativity side. in. Make yeah. it positive. So that has been proven. Smiling all, automatically, the other person perceives it as being able to trust you, which is interesting. Now, okay, of course, we can think about the slippery salesman that we automatically have little things that pop up there. But sure. But the other one to keep in mind, too, about what we have found um, of – for me to be able to trust somebody else, so the research goes from that direction, is eye contact. So eye contact also establishes trust, and I know that can be difficult depending on cultures, um, but research has found worldwide that as human beings, when somebody is looking at us, we tend to trust them more. Okay, so those are two other things to be thinking about then. Going back to our question, then how can you build trust and credibility within your organization if you've lost trust or credibility, how you can re- build it back. If you're new, how you can start building that. And then just ongoing as a checklist. These are all these different things that you can be doing to make sure you're establishing your trust and credibility. So, again, you're listening to the Misha Rouser Show, and we are live and, again, answering some of your questions. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, 
I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Misha, host of the Misha Rouser Show, heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150. If you want to overcome obstacles in your career, become an effective leader, and increase productivity while still having fun, tune in and learn, laugh, and be challenged. I've helped thousands leap over their professional hurdles, and I can help you too. Join me for the Misha Rouser Show, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. That's Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk 1150. Tell your friends the place to be is Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show. Hello, everybody. I am Misha. And you are listening to us live here in Seattle. And again, I am taking your questions either on my live show every Tuesday morning or you're welcome to submit your questions on my website. And that website is MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A Rouser, R-O-U-S-E-R.com. So you can submit questions there as well for me to work through and, or for me to um, answer and give you some suggestions or ideas around, and I'll be talking, answering those questions if I can live on the radio show. Again, you're also always welcome to call in live to the radio show, and that phone number is 425-373-5527. That's if you're local here in the Seattle area. That's 425-373-5527. And if you're not in the area, you can always call in on the toll-free number, which is 888-298-5569. Again, 888 888- Two nine eight five five six nine. Now, all of my shows, again, are recorded and also um, are turned into a podcast. So you're welcome to also subscribe to the podcast. In fact, I'm on iTunes and on Stitchers and a couple others. And in fact, I've just been up on iTunes um, pretty recently. And if you do listen to the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would please consider rating the podcast and possibly leaving a one- or two-sentence review on iTunes or Stitcher. This helps tremendously in bringing the podcast to the attention of others. Um, I'm also, um, and also if you do do that, then I will make sure and mention your name on the air um, and would to thank you on the air. So for those of you who do leave a five-star and possibly um, a one- or two-sentence, that would be fabulous. I would really appreciate that. Today, what we are talking about is I am answering some of those questions that I have received. And one of the questions I received is from an individual that had um, sent in. And the question that this person is asking was is saying that they are working in a small cubicle in an open office environment. And they're wanting to know how can they create space 
to get other people to stop bothering them? Great question. And I see this one a lot too. Now, in some cases, some people have um, in open environment, environment, in open office environments, usually they did think about that and they did create, you know, little meeting spaces for you to go into. But so I'm going to be assuming that you don't have another space to go into and you're just trying to figure out, okay, how to carve out in your particular space and get people to stop bothering you. I'm thinking also on this one that it might be two things that could be going on. One is just how to um, delicately be able to tell others, you know, to leave you alone because you're concentrating. And the other aspect of that, maybe you just have a certain person that just irritates you and they constantly show up and are bothering you. So those are two different situations. And I'll I'll, um, talk on both of those. The first one makes me think about one of my clients that um, one of the situations he had brought up is he's in a shared office and he shares his office with two other people. And this was kind of his concern because we all know that we, for creativity to happen and when we're flowing and when we're in that moment of flow, then it, we really have to start blocking out all of those other distractions. With that means, I mean, it's easy within your own space to then turn off email. And if you haven't done that, do that when you're in that flow or else you won't create that. So turn off emails, instant messaging, any of that other stuff that will distract you. Turn off your phone. Everything goes off so that you don't have any of those distractions. And it's huge to turn those off. That's pretty easy. But if you have then other people within your workplace that, you know, how do you tell them, okay, I'm in, I, I need to concentrate. So there's a couple different things you can do. And, and you got to find what works for you and your, your coworkers. In his case, what they ended up coming up with was a little sign that they put on the back of their chair. And I don't remember what they, you know, it was, it was something creative they put on it, but saying, you know, um, I'm in my space. And they came up with something a lot more creative with it. And you can tell them <laughs> lacking on feeling creative on that, on this particular moment. It is simple, a sign simply saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to concentrate at the moment. You know, I, I'll be good in an hour or whatever. That, you know, you can put that on your chair. Other people would put a symbol. They'd have a little flag, and whenever the flag is on their cubicle, then everybody knew that kind of means they need, they're they're in that trying to focus, and they don't want to be disturbed. So there's a lot of different cues that you can do with that. I know some of my managers, um, when I'm trying to, you know, they'll tell me, oh, I don't have time to focus. Um, In fact, somebody was saying, because we have the open door policy, and I, I can't close the door. And even if I close the door, because we have this open door policy, people can just pop their head in at any time. And so I can't really create a space where I'm not getting dis- you know, interrupted. Well, yeah, you still can. Even with a, a closed door and, or, I'm sorry, an open door environment, you can still put the sign out, you know, saying, I, you know, I'm, you know, for the next hour, or, you know, I'm going to be focusing right now. I'm focusing, be available again later, blah, blah, blah. It's totally okay to do that. And a lot of, of organizations and cultures understand that. And so that's one way that you could be dealing with somebody who is constantly coming up. Another thing that could be happening in the situation, if you're feeling like you can't get enough done and that you're constantly being bothered, then you might want to look at your space because I would guess that one, your personality type is probably more of a relator where you're people oriented. And because of that, then you're really easy to talk to. And because of that, then a lot of people like to come and talk to you And as a result, you probably have a chair available for them to sit down. You maybe have some candy on your desk. 
some of you may be thinking, oh, my God, yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, you you have created an environment which is wonderful and it's very inviting for you're inviting people to come in and to sit down and chat. So that's another thing to be thinking about is if that is really um, distracting you. And I know it's counter to some of you, but you may want to think about pulling that desk or not the desk, but the chair out. You may want to think about, you know, moving the candies out. You may even want to re, re um, situate your office or your desk where people can't see you when they walk by. So a lot of times we face our desk so that we can see who's at the door. Well, a lot of times then when people are walking by, um, their your cubicle or your desk, and they walk by and they can get eye contact with you, that's an invitation to come on in. So again, sometimes what you may want to do is even situate your desk, turn it so that your back is to them. Um, I know for some of you who are the relators are probably just that makes your skin crawl. You're thinking that's so rude. Yes, but no, you can always find time to create space to talk to others. What I'm trying to say is how can you create some boundaries? You need to create boundaries so that you can be getting done what you need to get done. And by the way, managers and supervisors, if you have a person who is constantly complaining and feeling like they can't get things done, that could be what's happening. They could be a relator and they spend a lot of their time talking with others. You may want to look at their environment, see how inviting is that, and maybe encourage them and start helping them to understand how to create boundaries themselves so that they can try, you know, block out some of that time to be able to have focus time and flow time. All right, lots of good things there. I have one more thing for you. Um, so here's now, this is always a good one. So what if, though, you have that one person who just talks all the time? They are you know, coming in your cubicle every morning and wanting to talk about the game the night before. Or they're constantly just stopping in. And, you know, and you're probably asking yourself, what the heck does this person not have anything else to do? Because they're always constantly trying to talk to me. Okay, if you have that kind of person who is just constantly bothering you, Again, you want to be respectful, and I'm assuming that you're trying to do all the little cues, like some people are trying, you know, look and you'll keep working at, at their, on their computer, and the person's still not taking the clue. Or they're looking really busy, and they're still not taking you, the clue. Are you calling me out right now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> are you exact? You call me out. It's okay. It's, it's what I do. It is. But, Vinny, I did compliment you. You're pretty good at multitasking. And, that's, and I'm still listening to you. You just, are. I'm, my eyes just aren't attached. Yes. That's just how radio works. And you got to remember, so Benny's role here is is he's the engineer. I'm the glue. He, I'm the glue for the show. He's running everything. So he's doing 100 million things plus having fun engaging. And so, yeah, he's an excellent multitasker. Wait, what? Just kidding. <laughs> I get, I've actually been called out on that a couple times. Before. Have you? Well, because there are some points where my, my attention is focused on one thing. And so, Benny, what do you think? And I'm like... Uh, yeah, sure. Let me know. <laughs> or, um, what were you talking about again? It's <laughs> happened. No big deal. But that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. You know, and we are going to spend one of my shows talking about multitasking because yeah, oh, it doesn't, it really does do not that, work. Please. Okay. I'm all in on that one. You're there. You're I'm down for that in. one. All right. We'll do that one soon. Okay. So going back to this one, you have the person though, who just keeps bothering you and is not getting the clue. One, you got to be, you know, and a lot of us realize it's, relationships are so important and you're wanting to be respectful. And it's, so one is understanding what to say, you know, to say, Bob, I'm sorry, right now at the moment, I'm really busy. 
And then tell him when is a good time to get back with him. You know, is there any way I can catch you at around 10 o'clock? I have some space. And then we can talk about your project then. Um, Keep in mind, and this is one of my pet peeves, is when you do say you're going to get back to them, if you do use that method, get back to them. Okay? That, if you don't, so for example, you have somebody who's, who you have, let's say an employee who's constantly coming into your office and asking, oh, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And they have these ideas and you don't want to stifle them, but you really got to get them to stop coming into your office so often. You need to then, you know, when you tell them, okay, uh, Julie, that's a great idea. I love your ideas and so forth. Right now, I really have some other things I need to get done with. How about I come to your office, you know, your desk at around 10 o'clock or blah, 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 and we can talk about it then. Make sure you go back there, okay? Now, that's an obvious one that you probably are. But let's say it's just the person in the office who's the gossiper, who's talking about all that, and you really have no interest in continuing on some of these conversations with them. You are not going to use the, I'm really busy, I'll get back with you at this particular time. Because what happens if you do that and you don't get back to them, then they're going to start feeling resentful towards you. And you don't want to ruin that relationship. So make sure you can just say, if you have no intention to get back to them, you can just say, you know, Julie, I'm sorry, right now I'm really busy. Can I catch up with you later? And just keep it vague that way. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves because I'm a fairly organized person, especially when I need to be. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I can just totally relax. I'm like, fine, whatever, get it to me. Right. But for my particular profession, I would like all my ducks in a row. And when they are, I would like you to tell me. If not, it's so I can just move forward and make everyone happy. I'm a pleaser, not a teaser. It's just how it works. Yeah. So if you're running late, I'd rather have you just tell me. Just like, great, now I can, have, I can manage something else and, get, and keep things moving forward. But if you're, not, if you're running late and you don't tell me and you come in five minutes after, I'm like, where have you been? You know, I'm all discombobulated. I've probably got a show going that's your ex show. Right. I'm using you as an example, if you were today. Uh, or, or commercials are running. I'm stalling because I have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's just all about the art of communication. Yep. It won't take more than a second to tell me. If you've been on Facebook for 20 minutes before that, where was the 19 minutes? And the one minute of those, you know, you could have told me. Exactly. But no, you were too busy. Yeah. So, it's understandable, right? So it's, Sorry, my yes. little no, you're my tangent. Just right came. on. Because I think you, you hit something that everybody feels the same <laughs> right. way. Yeah. Respect my time. Totally. So again, don't tell me something that you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. So don't just pacify me and say, oh, I'll catch up with you at lunch. And then you never catch up with me. Because I'm expecting that you are going to catch up with me. So just be very conscientious when you're talking to somebody and you are trying to put them off of what are you promising them, if anything. Okay, so that's another aspect then if, if you keep having somebody that comes in, you know, a couple different things that you can be doing. Now, one last one that works because sometimes still people aren't getting the click. So it's John. He's telling me, oh, about the football. No, I got to finish telling you about what happened in this game. You're like, John, <laughs> John, John, really? John's not getting it. Here's another little trick that works beautifully. And for those of you who might have tried this, you know how like you'll even sometimes get up and walk to the door. Sometimes that's great because especially if you have somebody sitting in your cubicle, walk them to the door and they'll get the hint. Sometimes they, they don't. Here's another great one. If they still don't, walk them all the way back to their place of work, their cubicle or their office. They will naturally sit down. Boom. Then you say, it was great talking to you and you bail. They Rarely will That's follow you. That's kind of like you. your last ditch maneuver, though. It totally is the last ditch, but it works. Totally but it works. Like it works. I'm gonna if you try need it. it. Totally gonna try it.
All right. So thank you again so much for thanking or for listening to the Misha Rouser Show, where we talk about leadership and professional development. And we are live every Tuesday morning. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I'm going to escort you out of here. (laughs) All right. We're gone. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha during this hour every week, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful, all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.